Amen. God bless you as you come here this morning and those who are listening, watching, and are part of the service. Holy Spirit goes wherever there are people who are hungry for him. He enters into places and uh, fires away across the world. There are, there are churches, there are people that are gathered in his name. We are a part of that. God is building his church. We don't often hear about the good things in the media, do we? We very rarely hear of any good news. And so we've been advising just to watch enough to know what's going on, and, and that's about it. You can get sort of really bogged down. and get overwhelmed. When Jesus said, keep, keep your eyes upon me. When you see these things beginning to happen, know the time is near. What things was he talking about with Men would be lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. He, Tim, Paul talked to Timothy about that. They would, they would begin to almost like they took the place of God. They'd be, men would become like God, trying to be like God. That'll never work, and we know that's for sure. And there's a way that there's a way which we can overcome, and it is with the help of the Lord, and especially. The Lord said, I will, I will give to you a helper. And how many need help from time to time? Amen. need help. I need help all the time. I need help to stay strong, to stay up. I need help to just keep focus. We're never meant to be lone rangers in the Christian field. We were meant to be a body of Christ, to dwell together. This is why it's so hard for this thing going on right now. It's a little tough. But you know what? You're here. God's here. You know, I don't focus on the numbers. I focus on people. You know, wherever those people are, are listening, I, I'm, my heart goes out to you. We're in this across our nation, across our world. We need to be praying. We need to be believing God. We need to not uh, accept everything as truth that we hear. And we need to just keep digging in his word. Keep sharp. Keep sharp. Keep your focus. Uh, keeping it edged. Uh, the uh, scripture teaches a little bit in Ecclesiastes, I believe it in one of the Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, that, that if the axe is dull, you, you have to use more strength to get it to cut. But if the axe is sharp, you don't have to use as much strength. And I think that parallels with our walk with Jesus. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to try to force things. We don't have to try to make it happen. We need to be praying and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And especially in the times that we're living, we need to be we need the leading of the, of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he loves to do. That's what he's here for, to lead you and I into truth. He is the teacher. He is the ultimate teacher. The Bible says that we, had, we don't need anyone to teach. That doesn't mean we don't need Burns teaching on Wednesdays or anyone else, that doesn't mean it. He's talking about he's making a point that the Holy Spirit comes to teach you and give you the understanding. When you pray, when you pray over the scripture, when you read a scripture, you say, Lord, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get this. Sometimes I'll, I'll read it again and again and again and again. And maybe it won't, it won't, it won't jump out at me. It won't, it won't sink in. But sometimes over time it begins to make sense. You keep reading the scriptures you know and build from there. Keep building on that what you know. And we know this, that Jesus Christ 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, in the book of Galatians, we're going to look at that for a, por- a portion of our message this morning. In the book of Galatians, uh, Paul was describing, he was actually writing them because they had started out pretty well. They had they, they become Christians. They become uh, walking. They become walking in the faith. And they learned how to trust in Jesus. But something happened. Some people begin to teach. Uh, well, you know what? We need, we, need to have, we need to be circumcised. We need to be like you know the people of old, and you know in Israel was circumcised. And, and there was confusion, and there was upset. There was things that was was uh, wasn't. Paul was when he's coming. He writes this letter. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. Really, what he was saying it matters that that Jesus Christ is in your heart. It matters that your faith is in the Lord. You can never work. You can never be good enough. And really, people got to understand the day. When I get those things turned around, I try to get. Try to earn points is gone. That's a that's a false setup. That's a setup for disaster, because then you start to rely on your own strength, and that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to admit, 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 admit that we need, and then He has freedom to move in our hearts. And so, what it become a pro, it become a prop, such a problem in the church that He addressed it in such a way. And by the cha- by the time of the fifth chapter, He begins to. Kind of nail some things down here, list some things. He kind of got to the specifics. I'm going to jump in at verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not use your freedom in, in, in a, as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve. Well, how many know that Christians can get in the flesh? <laughs> Amen? I mean, that's not a good place to go. What I'm getting at is that even when we're Christian, when we're believers, we have this battle that we struggle against is our flesh. Your flesh wants to still get back up on the throne. Your flesh still wants to be in control. Your flesh still wants to be gratifying. And he nails it down, verse 14, the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Boy, wouldn't the world be a different place? How would the world look if everybody loved their neighbor as themselves? That would be paradise, wouldn't it? I believe that day will come only when Jesus comes back to reign on the earth. Totally. That will be heaven. But we can can make a difference because you are called to be the light and the salt of the earth. Amen? Remember when we talked about that? Keep your salt salty keeping that edge, keeping close to him. And all this draws down to a couple of things. Who do I spend time with and what am I listening to? Who am I spending? Oftentimes with the people we hang around with, we tend to pick up things. So we have to be careful that we don't absorb the things of the world and begin to accept them as things that are normal. Because Paul is dealing with the church. He's dealing with people who are believers here. He warns them, but if you bite and devour one another, that's an ugly thing. Take care lest you be consumed by one another. So what he's dealing with is you guys are missing the boat. You're trying to convince you're trying to win the argument 
but you're losing ground. You're tearing each other down rather than building each other up. And so he goes on. Here's the key. Here's how you overcome. Verse 16, I say walk by the Spirit. I say walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. There it is. He, he says, you are going to have a battle so that you may not do the things you please. In other words, Paul described over in another place in Romans, along in the seventh chapter, he said it like this. I know the things that are right to do, but I'm struggling to do them. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, wretched man that I am, he says. He realizes his flesh. He realizes when his flesh tries to get the upper hand. But there is something else that is an anchor in his life. That is the help of the Holy Spirit. Because if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, he will say, no, don't say that. When we shouldn't, when we want to say something that we ought not to say. Unless, you know, you don't have to teach children how to sin. Amen? You don't have to teach a person born in this world how to sin. We all have the same problem. We've all been born in this world with sin nature. And that's what needs to be brought to Jesus. When Jesus gives us a new nature, he just gives us a new, makes us a new creation. I'm not saying that you'll never sin again. Don't get, don't get con condemnation in your heart. When you're a Christian, you're on a path of up. You're growing. You hope this big word called sanctification is a process of becoming more like Christ. The word justification is Paul taught in Romans. That's just as if you've never sinned. You've come to Christ. You laid it all out before him. You say, Lord, I can't save myself. I admit that I'm a sinner. I mess up again and again. And he comes into your heart. He acts upon his word when we confess him, when we acknowledge him, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. And there will be days when the devil will say to you, you don't, you are, you are not making it. You're not even saved. He'll, he'll remind you of things in your path. But we've got to be able to understand there's another voice. There's a sweet voice of the Holy Spirit that's saying to you, I am here with you to fight with you. I will help you understand. And this list is not pretty. In the list of the flesh, he lists some things. Deeds of the flesh, verse 19 of Galatians 5. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensual. It's a sexual sin that's just rampant, rampant in our, our age that we live in. Idolatry, sorcery, there's witchcraft. There's, and I'm throwing in the word witchcraft. The, the word sorcery has to do with, with allowing a Satan to do some things and dabble. We don't want to go into that. We don't want to go where Satan is. Enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. I like to look up the word factions. 
really, what, what does that mean? What's that talk about? I looked it up and it had to do with cliques in the church. Now, what, what does that mean? Well, it would be people that would pull people aside and they had a, maybe a strange teaching that was contrary, and especially here what Paul was dealing with was people that were trying to go back to Judaism trying to convince the people that, yeah, they need to be circumcised. And he was upsetting the, upsetting the simple-minded people of God. You know what? We are to be unified. We are to encourage each other, as always, to bring edification to the body of Christ. He goes on, he mentions envy and drunkenness, carousings, Things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It's pretty strong. But he's warning us. There is a way in which to live. That I can love people as myself. Love my neighbor how many of you ever had a neighbor you wish you wouldn't have that neighbor? <laughs> you struggled over that neighbor. Maybe they were just a little tough to get along with. You know, we will have trouble in this world. Guess what? Not every personality was going to click with your personality. But Jesus can help us even overcome. Now, I'm not saying that you should, shouldn't draw boundaries. I think there are certain times where we've got to, this is enough. But all in all, how could we live, how could we live in such a way that would bring a person who's on the outside of the faith a step closer to coming into the faith. You may not be the one who brings them to the salvation step, but you might be the one who brought them to the next level, a three or a four, a five. And all, to, all in all, we are in this together. As Paul was describing another book in Corinthians, that Paul, you know, Paulus planted, Paul planted, Paulus watered one of the two. But God gave the growth. So in other words, I don't take the credit. I don't, I should never take the credit for what God is doing. He deserves all the glory. And he is the only one that can change hearts. And when I try to change hearts, I fall. I fail. I fall. But there's good news. The Holy Spirit is with you and I. Listen, look at these verses coming up here. It's like here's a night and day. There's a list of the flesh. There's a list of the sins of the flesh. But now there's a whole list of the sin, of the, of the, not the sins, but the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, patience. Oh boy, I want patience, Lord. I want it right now if we say that. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
I love that word or a couple words, self-control. God can help us have self-control. We don't have to say yes to everything, right? What's, what, who, who's going to, if, if you don't take care of yourself, who's, who's going to take care of you? You know what I'm saying? What I'm getting at is that sometimes our time, we're spent. And we've got to learn the balance of our walk or our family life is going to suffer. You know, I just read this in a, in a letter that we get from the district that somebody quoted. It stunk really deep in me. This lady had lived to be 102. And she was asked, what kind of advice would you give? I said, oh, that's advice. You get these calls all the time. I didn't turn it down today. What kind of advice? And she said this at 102. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Wow. When, when, the, when the, this life comes to an end, it's not going to be how much money you made. It's all about how you love people, how you treated your neighbor, how you reached out to a person in need. Oh, wow. How you help kids. My wife has got a vision to touch the community, touch the kids, touch the young people, rally them, giving them opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not everyone has that gift. Your gift may be to just to show up and help, just to show up and be there, support, love, love. Is patient. Love, you see, there's what was was an opportunity when Jesus saw the little kids, but the disciples said, "Oh, oh, they're just they're interrupting your life, Jesus. Let's just get rid of these kids." And Jesus, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Unless we become like these children, what are you saying? Put aside your agenda. Put aside all that you think is important and focus and get on and play with these kids. Wow. I admire people. I admire adults who take time to listen to kids. I admire adults who take the time to learn kids' names. That's just so awesome. You see, the self-control has to do with what comes out of my mouth, the self-control, the help of the Holy Spirit. God says, speak, and he speaks. God says, don't say anything. Don't say anything. God can help, God can help us. You see, we all, you see, have, we emotions. all have emotions. We all actually have buttons. I just, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. You have buttons. <laughs> You have raised kids, and you have maybe grandkids, or you have people in your life that know how to push your buttons, so to speak.
and break you over the edge. Now, some would say they baited the trap or they baited the hook and you bit it. Satan loves to do things like that. He wants to get us so we can fail. We can fall down. We can say things that we are sorry for. With the help of the Holy Spirit. And if that happens, you can go to Jesus. You can make it right. You don't have to stay discouraged and down. Make it right. Just confess to Jesus. Of course, you can do that. We are people who are frail. We are people who are not perfect. We are people who will sin from time to time. But that should break our heart. That should cause us to go to him. And that's a good thing because the helper convicts us. And I want to say conviction. I want to say this. Conviction has to do with realizing we messed up and that but we want to turn back and make it right. Conviction. It's a good thing. And the help of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can give you patience when you don't have enough in your life. When you run to your end, the Holy Spirit can help you have kindness when you're weary and you're worn out and you're just kind of spent. God, the Holy Spirit. I'm not always saying that I, I don't always get all these all when I, when I need them. I'm just saying they're available. I have to withdraw and go back to him and soak in his presence from many, much of the time. If I'm going to walk by the Spirit of God, I must learn who he is. If I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit, I must learn what does, what does he expect? What is he up to? And a lot of times... He is calling us to be, be content, be patient, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. And he went on. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Doesn't Paul say somewhere that he died daily? He died daily to himself. One of the great verses that we memorized when we were in college as a lesson and stuck, stuck with me. We were, we were assigned some verses, uh, one of the classes, and this was one of them, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. The biggest, one of the loudest voice is a life changed by Jesus. It speaks volumes to family members, to people that once knew that person, how they were. How they talked, what they were passionate about, and Saul, who later became Paul, was a murderer. He actually thought he was doing God a service until Jesus 
met him and arrested him and opened his eyes to see who Jesus really is. And there was change. There was transformation. And then there was time needed for trust in the, in the body of Christ and the people of God. And so, I'm excited of the potential of many people that you and I are rubbing shoulders with. We are called to be a people who will bring them to the throne room of grace, offer their names before Jesus Christ, call upon their names and ask God to open their eyes. You see, we have a work ahead of us. While we're looking for Jesus to come, we still occupy, we still preach the gospel by your life, by your attitude, by your example, and you allow people not to become the enemy, but they are victims of the enemy, held captive by the enemy to do his will. And so when we understand it is not people that are my enemy, it is Satan himself. And Paul said, we're not ignorant of schemes. And what he led on to in the, in the sixth chapter, if any of you, if a man is caught in any trespass, you are spiritual. What he's saying, if someone you know falls, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And so, in other words, you don't go there and say, why did you, were you miserable? You don't, you don't beat them up. You say, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah, I care about you. Can I stand with you in this? Can I, can I become uh, a support to you? Each one looking to yourself, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. Oh, if we were doing that in the communities. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't families look different? Wouldn't churches look different? Even, even churches need to understand we are there to bear each other's burdens. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he sees himself. Paul just kind of lays out. When you think you're something, you're in a dangerous. When you start to think you're something, you're really nothing. This whole thing of pride is what brought Satan down from heaven. When Satan said, I want to be God, I'm going to be greater than God. Satan had to go. Satan had to go. And a third of his angels went with him. He just kind of nailed some things. Let each one examine his own work. And then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to one another. For each one shall bear his load. There is a certain amount of load. We are called to carry. There's a certain amount of the cross that we are called to bear. But you know what? And God wants us to allow him to be ultimately the one who bears our burden. And I want to conclude with this, these final verses here. They have to do with the principle of sowing and reaping. And so whatever a man, verse 7, sows, what that will he also reap. We're seeing in our land right now this whole principle being played out. The whole principle of sowing and reaping. If we choose to leave God, we're going to reap that. 
if we choose to leave God out of our nation, and I'm not talking about you, you guys are, are walking with Jesus, but I'm talking in overall, just to, just to, just to look across our land. When God was taken out of the school, when we, we, we lowered our, our standards, when we just brought things down, we, we choose to, to, to let, leave God out. God says, well, you know what? Okay, have it your way. And we, we reap. But the one who sows to the Spirit, if we reap to the flesh, we're certainly going to reap corruption. You know, there are people who get saved in jail. And they're happy because they got saved. And if it took jail to get them to a place where they needed to look up, thank God. That's, a, that's an unbelievable miracle. People have changed in jail cells. The one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. I want to conclude with this thought. How many ways can I bless people? How can I bless people around me? How can I build people up? People that aren't even in the church, people that aren't maybe thinking about God. How can I bless? What can I come out of my mouth? So this is the whole principle of blessing someone. Do you know that God is up to that, of blessing people? Why is it? He wants to bless people to show them who he is. Now he has standards and he has his rules. He's holy God. He does not want us to, to misuse his blessings. He does not want us to become pride of his blessings. Have a proud heart. Oh, look what God has done for me. In other words, he wants us to keep humble before him. He doesn't want us to give up just before you have a breakthrough. You have an opportunity today. Maybe you're weary. This verse 9 seems to bring it together. Don't lose heart in doing good. Sometimes we get tired of the battle. And I think there's some time we need to just take some time and rest, soak in, be connected, stop, slow down. Let, not, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. One of the things that discouraged those who were battle-weary, those who could not face another enemy, they were tired, they were battered. But then throughout Old Testament Scripture, you see how God, God would come on the scene. And he would annihilate the enemy because he knew that the people of God couldn't do it themselves. But if they would look to him, and so could it be, if we're in this time, such a time as this, if we will acknowledge, we can't do this, Lord. We can't fix the state we're in. We can't fix the problems that are going on in the world. We are going to have to believe God that he is the only one that can turn anything back. And give us any kind of chance and hope for any kind of revival, for any kind of a second wave of outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We've got to plant. We've got to plant. We've got to plant and sow with the belief 
that we're going to reap. And even if it takes us a lifetime. But during the way, during the battle, along the way, I'm going to sing, we're going to sing this final chorus in our conclusion. He is our strength. When you feel weak today, God becomes your strength. He is a treasure. He is your all in all. Seeking, you're seeking him as a precious jewel. If I give up, I'd be a fool. Well, let's keep that. I'm focused. Let's sing it if you will.